Hi, I'm Jennifer Janish, owner of Adored Salon and Adored Signature Hand-Tied Hair Extensions. I'm obsessed with curly hair. I cut it, style it, and extend it, and this podcast is all about my curly girl obsessions that stretch far beyond just curly hair. Hey you, it's me, Jennifer, from the Curly Girls Obsessions, coming to you from my kitchen. You can kind of see the chaos behind me of like just the season that we're in right now. And I just am like a little bit overwhelmed. Salon life is kind of crazy right now. And to make it even crazier, we started teaching install methods to other stylists, which has been really um, humbling because it reminds me of when I first started and I had no idea what I was doing. And when you're looking at a head of thousands of strands of hair that move how they want to move, when they want to move, and you're trying to keep them all still and install hair extensions, sometimes it's not going to work out in your favor. Let's just say that, right? So it was very fun and humbling today to teach these younger stylists on how to install hair extensions who had no idea how to install hair extensions. So tomorrow I go back and continue on with that training for some more humbling and a lot of fun because I love teaching the craft. I love sharing the knowledge. Like I'm at this stage in this career where I've been doing here now for 33 years. And I remember when I started and how I felt about this scarcity mindset, right? Because I was just starting out in this career. I was 17 years old. I was, I was freaking scared. And um, I didn't come from like a lot of money and I knew that I needed to make it for myself, period. That was just the way that it was. So it definitely depended on my skill and ability to grow. And I do remember like having this ownership feeling over my clients at the time and what I thought was mine. And then, you know, you grow, you grow. And I think that changes when you own your own salon. And now I've owned my own salon for um, almost 11 years. And I have made the decision when I opened my salon that everybody in the salon would treat each other you know, obviously with respect and that we would work as a team and the group that I have in the salon right now, like, I just want to capture it because everybody works towards everybody's best interest and everybody is always willing to help. And I say that because, I mean, maybe sometimes they're not willing to help me, but they do help me anyways. When I'm like, okay, who's going to help me color these wefts because I don't have time. And, um, and sometimes they're scared and they've told me that before too. They're like, you know, when we help you, it's a little bit different, like, cause we're coloring wefts for your clients, right? They're not even our clients. And I'm like, yeah, but I have full faith in what you guys can do. And that's why I ask you to help me. 
And when they start training, like I just kind of throw them in the mix with me on a head with foils or, you know, the only way you're going to get better at a craft is by doing it. And I think the more that you do it, the better you become, right? They say it takes a mass, some, in order to master something, you have to do it for 10,000 hours, which is a lot of hair cutting or a lot of extensions. <laughs> and um, for my time, I can definitely say that I'm probably at the master level when it comes to cutting curly and installing hair extensions. My hands would show you exactly how masterful I am with the size of my knuckles on my right hand. Um, but that's besides the point. So where was I going with this? Talking about being humbled from the extension class, the scarcity mindset when I started. And when you own the salon, right, you're opening up a salon as a business. And when I opened mine up, I kind of, it was like, I didn't have this dream of starting a hair salon. I had a dream of earning my worth. And I had a dream of not being treated poorly. And I can tell you through the years how many different bosses I had and how many times that I felt like just a number or a dollar sign. And I made it my mission that that wasn't going to be the case in my salon. And it's not. So I think that everybody could say that they enjoy working there because I'm actually interested in them as people and watching them grow. And today, when I was teaching the class, that's all that I could think of was excitement for the students that were in there watching them grow taking this class, knowing the potential that it's going to have for their career as a hairstylist, learning this information young. Um, as a hairstylist, you know, you go to beauty school, you learn how to do root touch-ups, haircuts, highlights, perms, and with that, you have to create your living. Learning how to do hair extensions is like the next layer or having a specialty like cutting curly hair is the next layer. It's special certifications that you take to elevate your career. And just like someone who goes to college, right? You go, you get your four-year degree and you're like, okay, well, I want to go and do X, Y, and Z and make X amount of money. So I'm going to go get my master's. And some people don't stop there. Some are like, I'm going to get my PhD because that's the next level for me. And it's the same with hair or any other thing that you do in life, right? Some people are happy with a certain level of contentment and some are always striving for more. And I am always like a student mindset. And sometimes I, I think it's just because I just get freaking bored. Like I need something more to challenge my brain on an everyday basis. Like, because if I do the same thing over and over again, I start to go crazy as would anybody else, right? So that takes us to why <laughs> I started doing hair extensions, hence this class in the midst of the holiday season at the hair salon. 
and why I look like this tonight on this podcast with my hair up in this crazy bun because I'm damn tired. <laughs> but this is when it was going to get done. You know, yesterday I prepped all the materials. I thought I was putting the finishing touches on them. And I said to Brad, my husband, I'm like, I should be done by 1130 a.m. Well, then I found out that the order wasn't coming in that held a lot of the kit stuff that we needed for the class today. That sent us on a wild goose chase shopping for those things and um, come back and I start to work on it. And my brain just... Literally, when I start creating these workbooks for these classes, my brain feels like those bubble ideas that we learned how to um, brainstorm in school. Like your teacher said, create like a bubble grid or something. And you start with a circle in the middle and then you branch out with more and more and more. And each circle that's more and more has more circles associated with it. Like it's just my brain starts going crazy with ideas and knowledge of all the things that I have learned over the years that I want to share in these classes. And, you know, the funniest part of these classes is like, some people would think that maybe I would do these classes to get more stylus in my salon. That's totally not the goal. And, um, the goal for the classes is to, I'm about ready to go up there and take whatever my dog is chewing out of his mouth. I'm gonna text my daughter instead and ask her <laughs> to get it out. Hold on, stay there, don't leave me. I promise I have good information that I'm about to share. Um, so <laughs> as you've been watching, you know, when I lose my train of thought, it's like, oh. so some people would ask if I do these classes to obtain other stylists in my salon. The answer is no. My salon is filled to the brim and wondering how I'm going to make room for my daughter in a couple of years once she goes to beauty school and it will happen. I mean, it will everything always works out in that respect. Like, I don't know, maybe one day there is a bigger salon or maybe, you know, maybe I'm not working. I don't know. I don't know what it looks like in a couple of years, but that's not the goal of the classes. The goal of the classes is to give back to this community that I've grown up in. Literally 100% I've grown up in it. I started in hair school when I was 15 and by the time I was 17, I was working in the salon, cutting hair, getting called into school two days a week, six, so that I could work 12 hour days. Like it just was in my blood. So I've grown up in this industry and I've seen all the fun things that can happen. I've seen a lot of pitfalls. I've seen a lot of jealousy. I've seen a lot of, um, if jealousy and animosity are the same words, then sorry that I'm saying the same damn thing, but I've seen a lot of a lot, right? You don't stick around in an area for 33 years and watch things go unnoticed. I've worked in all different size salons and 
My favorite type of a salon is obviously the one that I have. We have six chairs and five of them are being used. And, you know, it's, I love the small environment. I love a close knit group. And I love the fact that the state of which the salon is at right now, I, I said tonight to Celia, like, I, I just wish that I could take this time with everyone right now and just capture it. Like, don't let it leave because the dynamics I find to be so perfect is because of the exact ages that everyone is and what every single person brings to the table, their comfort level, their happiness, their joy, their sorrow, their, you know, we share so much within the salon and it just feels like a bunch of sisters together, right? It's, it's enjoyable. And so that brings me to the statement that I heard this week. And it was on my favorite podcast that I love to listen to, Miss Rachel Hollis. And she said, everything that is for you will never miss you. Like, think on that for a minute. Everything that is for you will never miss you. It's pretty impactful when you really think about what that statement means. And part of me, the minute that I heard it was like, well, damn, what about all the stuff that I want that hasn't happened? Is that just not for me? Is that just not going to happen the way I want it to happen? And then I thought about all the things that have happened <laughs> and I'm like, damn, a lot has hit me and in a good way. Just what I explained to you about the salon, the experience today about how humbling it was teaching. Now, granted, it was humbling because it was hard it was hard work teaching stylists who've never worked with hair extensions how to install hair extensions, right? But I needed to experience that today. I had to go through that and understand it. I think to help them understand the road ahead of them better and to help them prepare for it, right? Because if everything comes easy, I truly 100% believe that you don't value it. If you're given things, it's so different than if you had to earn it. It's 100% different than if you had to earn something. And throughout my life, I've had no problem having to earn things. If you listen to Who is Jennifer Janish in my very first podcast, you would know that um, I had to earn a lot of things. And every time that I hit that layer of earning something, it meant that much more to me. And, you know, I talked about the salon space. I earned, like, I, you know, just everything in life. Like when I think of like my husband and how we met when we were in high school and what it's like to experience that kind of a relationship that's been a thing for a really long time. And 
sometimes I hear from my clients that have never, ever found something like that, right? And it makes you so grateful for what you do have. And my four kids, as fun as they can be sometimes, as crazy as they can be sometimes, like it's been an enjoy, an enjoyment in my life. So I just continue to think on that statement. Everything that is for you will never miss you. Everything that is for you will never miss you. So where that brings me to tonight is the last story, because I said this a couple weeks ago that I would describe this story that had happened to me, how I overcame the fear of public speaking. Again, everything that is for you will never miss you. This opportunity came along. It was not under the greatest circumstances. I'm, I mean, I'd be lying if I said they were, they weren't. I, my, so you guys, if you listen to that first podcast, I explained to you how um, I had a stepfather who was in my mind's eye, he was my dad. And um, I have three other siblings that my mom and him had together. And it was like, gosh, it was now it would be 15 years ago in November, he passed away from kidney cancer. And the whole family, you know, it's the funeral. And when he was sick, I really helped my mom a lot going back and forth to doctor's appointments, managing things, trying to help her. And um, as a family does when something like that happens, everybody helps out. So we're to the point of the funeral and who's gonna give this eulogy, right? And I thought for sure my dad's brother would do it. And he said, no, that he couldn't. And I was like, oh, well, maybe one of my mom's brothers. And no, they did not. <laughs> and my siblings were like, no, there's no way that I could, I, I can't do that, right? So let me paint this picture. I was, at the time, I was seven months pregnant and I had an eight-month-old <laughs> and I had a five-year-old and a soon-to-be eight-year-old and I was pregnant, right? So I said that in the beginning. Okay, then, yeah, I said okay. But and I went through this situation with him where we found out he was sick and six weeks later he passed away. So we're all just totally devastated, which is probably why my uncles were like, we cannot do this. And so I was like, okay, I will do this eulogy. And I was scared as shit because honestly, you could talk to my very best friend from high school, Mariah, and we had speech class together. She was such a freaking smart to me. I will never forgive her for the crap that she did in this class. She would make horrendous faces at me when I would have to go up there and give a speech. She would laugh like under her breath uncontrollably so that the teacher could not hear her. She would do the craziest shit to me while I was trying to give a speech and it turned it into hell. 
And not to mention that we were in high school, right? Like speeches were horrible in high school. I hated it. I, I thought I was like, I don't even know how to explain to you how horrific I felt like public speaking was to me at that time. And that was my memory of it. Like I never got past this, right? And now I say that I'm gonna do this eulogy. So I have this great idea and I'm sure this is a surefire way to get this done because my husband, he excels at public speaking. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna write it and Brad, can you just speak it for me? And Brad's like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, do you see Miss Prego over here having an anxiety attack, freaking out a little bit about doing this? Like, I can't do this. And he was like, Jen, you have to do this. This, this will sound terrible coming from me. It's not my words. It's not my place to speak at this thing. It's, I, I cannot do this for you. Like you, you are capable. I'm glad he I'm glad he had that much faith in me because at that moment I thought I was going to go throw up. I couldn't even believe I got myself into this situation. I was mad at my uncles for not having the you know what's to be able to do this eulogy like I was just in a world of self-pity. So I start writing it. And I'm writing and I could tell you that I hated English class in high school, but for some reason I can write a story really well. And then I got scared. Like if I'm writing this word for word, how am I gonna speak this? Like, what if I miss a part? How am I gonna do this? So the morning comes really fast and we're in the church. And so we, you know, you know how a funeral goes. You go to the funeral home, then you take everything and you go to the church and we're walking in the church with my, you know, family and I'm crying hysterically. And if you know me, anyone who knows me for a long time, I hate to cry. I hate to cry. I will do everything not to cry. Like some people hate to puke and they'll do anything not to puke. That's partly me too. I hate to puke, but <laughs> I really hate to cry. And I'm crying. I'm crying really hard, which of course, as everybody on here can understand, we just went through a traumatic experience. And if you're like me, if you see someone crying, it's really hard also not to cry. So I don't also do not like to see other people crying because I do not want to cry. When it was my wedding, I remember <laughs> like my grandma had passed away, um, I want to say three years before my wedding. And I remember the day of my wedding, like I got to wear her, it was either her wedding ring or her engagement ring. And I'm like, every time I feel like crying, I'm just going to look at that because my grandma was a really strong German and she did not cry. She probably gave me this gene of not ever wanting to cry. So that ring was going to be my savior. And I did not cry in that church. I did not cry. And there was one moment that I felt like the ring felt really heavy on my finger. 
and this beautiful ray of sun came in through the stained glass windows of the church. And I was like, this is why I'm not crying because she is right beside me, right beside me. I did not cry at that wedding. So back to the funeral, funerals and weddings, most emotional things in the world. So we sit down in the pew and I kind of feel like I'm having an anxiety attack at this point. And I know how dangerous this is as you're pregnant, right? And I'm thinking to myself, get your shit together, girl, because you're going to have to go up there and you're going to have to give this speech and you cannot be up there with a damn panic attack. So get it together. And we're sitting there. The priest comes out. He talks. He says a prayer. And all of a sudden, I'm knowing that my time to go up there is coming very soon. I could feel my heart racing. And I just sat there. And I said, Dad, if this is the one thing that you give me right now, give me the strength to be strong, the strength not to cry, and the strength to deliver. What needs to be done here? I'm doing this for you and for everyone else in this church. And I need to do it strongly. Okay. So if you listen to my other podcast called Hummingbirds and Eagles, you know I'm kind of woo-woo. And what I just said about the wedding with the the light coming in, all of a sudden, I felt a strong sense of calm. My heart stopped racing. It's it just peace came over me. I my face was dry. I was no longer crying. And I walked up to the altar in the church to deliver this eulogy. And it was pretty long. I think I was up there for a good seven minutes, maybe 10. I don't even know. But I remember walking up and just feeling as light as I could ever feel walking up the stairs, knowing everybody's staring at my back and turn around to this entire church filled with my family and friends and my family's friends and everybody's crying. I'm staring at everybody who's crying and I'm not crying and I'm calm. There's only one way that I think that that happened, okay? Could be mind over matter, because I knew in my mind what I needed to do and what needed to be done could have been what I felt like it was at that time. It was my dad just zoning in on me and giving me that strength. And maybe it was also my grandparents too, right? Like who knows how many spirits were around me, helping lift me up to deliver this eulogy. And Oh my gosh, when the words came out of my mouth, I never stumbled. I I never lost track of where I was in the reading that I wrote down word for word. It was just like an enlightenment, right? Was happening right then and there. Now, they say that all you have to do is ask, 
right? It's the power of prayer and whatever you believe in, if you believe in the universe or you believe in God, or you believe, you know, you have different religions that you believe in. They say that just asking and you will receive. <laughs> I could tell you that multiple times in my life where this has happened. And that was definitely one of them. It was definitely one of them. Everything that is meant for you will never miss you. Sorry, if you can hear my garbage disposal, my dishwasher is running right now and it's right over there. But seriously, everything that is meant for you will never miss you. It's that simple. If you need strength, ask for it. If it's not coming your way fast enough, but do be careful because if you do ask for strength, sometimes it has a strange way of showing up too. <laughs> But everything that is meant for you will never miss you. Every opportunity that shows up and is supposed to be for you will be there for you. So with that, I hope that everyone is starting to think of what their new year looks like, right? Like this is the time that a lot of people sit down and we write New Year's resolutions and we say we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, you start to plan out what it's going to be. And a lot of people struggle with following through. But if the opportunity is there for you, what do you have to do every day? Put one foot in front of the other and get the job done. It's the only way that things happen. And I mean, I'm not going to say that I sit here and just believe that everything is going to be perfect. No, I make it perfect, or at least I try. When it comes to working, I work really hard. I'm always putting myself out there and I'm always trying to learn new things. And it definitely has served me well it has given me gosh shit a lot of anxiety because if you shoot for something more it's going to be so scary at first just go back to the girls today in my class learning hair extensions for the first time and I'm sure that they were scared this morning they might have been I don't know well they probably were scared probably scared. They paid for the class. They had to come. They have to show up afterwards. They got to practice to make it good. But like, this is life, right? Like we have to experience those scary moments to push us further. Because if you're not scared by life and you're not scared and you think that you've succeeded at everything, well, then what are you succeeding at tomorrow? You've got to succeed every day in something new. You've got to scare yourself a little bit each day along the way and just try something new because otherwise you're just not living. I can just say it. You're just not living. And people ask me all the time, how do you get so much done? 
how do you do this? Aren't, my, my God, like now today you're teaching people how to put in extensions and this, that, and the other. And it's because I think I thrive in the world of <laughs> fight or flight, to be honest with you. <laughs> One of my friends says, that's just how I roll. Things get calm and I got to spice it up. But I also told you that I get bored easy, which makes great for New Year's resolutions and goal setting. Because if the sky is the limit, then you're just not afraid to set those big goals and go after them. And that's my hope to you for the new year. Set big goals, learn how to go after them. And if you, if you're so unsure of how to go after the goal that you set because it's so big that it scares you, you just have to put one foot in front of the other. And honestly, Google is an awesome tool to figure out how to get things done. If you don't know how, just Google. And if it just takes a little bit of walking and a shoe in one foot in front of the other, and maybe sometimes those shoes require some tall ass boots because it's a little bit thick <laughs> and the dirt is a little bit thick. Maybe the mud's a little bit soppy and it's holding your foot down. You just got to remember that you got to pick it up and you got to keep moving because it's just how it goes. So honestly, I really hope that I conveyed a really good message tonight. I hope that I did it justice. I hope that the story about public speaking will help you when you're trying to set your goals for 2024. I hope that my story about being humbled from teaching something that I know like the back of my hand to someone who doesn't know how to do it at all was super humbling because I needed to remember what it was like to be that new green spirit right there. Like, and maybe God's showing me that now for something that I need it for in the future. So with that, I'm glad to have been on this podcast in the year 2023. It's been a long goal of mine to start. And I want to say that this episode is going to be in the 20s for this podcast, which is crazy because most podcasts... I think it's something like 97% of podcasts never get past episode 10. Crazy. And here we are. So because the salon gets so crazy over the course of the next few weeks, and then the salon closes from December 23rd is our last day of work. And we close from that until the first Tuesday in the new year. We take off a break at the end of the year. Just kind of something new that we've done starting last year. And I loved it. And so did everybody else. So we're following suit with that tradition. And um, I'm also going to be off the podcast for a couple weeks until the new year starts because it's just there's going to be a lot of craziness going on in the next few weeks between the salon, salon party, friend parties, life in general, family parties, family get togethers, 
all the things that I'm going to take a little bit of a break from here, but you can be sure that when I come back in 2024, I'm going to have some fun episodes for everybody. And I really would love it if you could send me an email to Jennifer at Adored Hair Extensions and tell me about future topics you would love to hear from me. And please don't be shy. Tell me, I love to talk, so I will figure out how to make it happen. And um, follow me on social, Jennifer underscore Johnson underscore Janish on Instagram, the Adored Salon on Instagram, and Adored underscore Signature underscore hand tied underscored hair for our hair extension line. On TikTok, I'm going to have to look this up because I just changed the name. It's called curlygirl.curlyhairspecialist on TikTok. And you can find me there. There's some fun videos on there. There's, you know, it's social. So yeah, that's that's where you can find me over the next course of the couple weeks. And I'll see you in 2024. Set your goals high, set them big. And don't be afraid to take the step to make them happen. Thank you for listening to all these episodes. If you could subscribe on YouTube, that would help greatly. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, hit the follow button. And if you would like to write me a review, that would be awesome because it helps podcasts grow and spread it to the world. Um, this crazy hairstylist over here with this huge bun on her head tonight, who's a little bit tired telling this quirky story, <laughs> would just love to share the word. So see you in 2024.